0: Welcome to the Overwhelmed Nurses Podcast. I'm your host, nurse and life coach, Robin Smith. Join me as I talk about all things shitty and stressful in nursing and how to deal from a life coaching perspective. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Overwhelmed Nurse Podcast. I'm your host, nurse and life coach, Robin Smith. This episode... We're going to talk about what I call the sad spiral. What I mean by that. How to recognize it. How to interrupt it. And also how to prevent you from falling into what I call the sad spiral. What do I mean by that? The sad spiral is an experience that I have when I fall out of my self-care habits, when I'm not paying as much attention to me and my needs and my wellness, when I'm not getting as much rest, when the stress is piling up, when things start to become overwhelming. And it basically becomes this negative cycle of like sadness, and low energy, and no motivation, and almost an aversion to the things that I know would make me feel better. If you've been listening, you know that I love yoga, I love meditation, I'm a huge advocate for those, but when I find myself in the sad spiral, I, like, avoid those things, even though that's exactly what I need. I like to say that the sad spiral starts stressy and then becomes depressy. (laughs) As silly as that sounds, it makes me feel better to talk about This emotional experience with these little cute, dumb names, right? Because this really hits close to home for me. Um, This is a recurring struggle for me personally, and I know I'm not the only one. And I found myself back here longer, more intensely, and more significantly than I have in a long time. And COVID has been a topic on the podcast for at least the last three or four episodes now. I mean, times are crazy. I just heard on the news this morning that a month ago we had a 1,000 confirmed cases in the U.S. and today we have over half a million. So that is an indicator of what we've all been dealing with and thinking about and processing through and living with for the last four weeks. And we all have our own individual new changes that we're navigating through. Even as nurses, some of us have been laid off because we're in, you know, elective procedural areas and we're not utilized currently in other areas of the hospital or the hospital won't utilize us in other areas of the hospital. Um, some nurses are being called off because their census is low, because elective procedures have been canceled and people are told not to come to the ER unless, you know, they're, they're truly dying. And then others, you know, listeners in New York, you're drowning, I don't even know if that could adequately describe what you're experiencing. Being here in Texas, we are beginning to ramp up our COVID activity. I don't know if anywhere in the country will experience quite what New York City has experienced. And that is its own unique, not just stress, but trauma. And the way that this spiral kind of happens is it, is it sneaks up on us. The stress doesn't sneak up on us. The stress is very obvious. We know right away when we're stressed out, what is stressing us out, the source. But when we respond with, I'll get through it, grin and bear it, suck it up, this will pass, um, I can handle it. When we respond in a way that ignores the impact of the stress and we keep muscling through without taking, you know, time to really reflect on the impact that it has on us and the emotions that are bubbling up and the fears that we're suppressing or, or avoiding, when we don't take the time to address those things, It's just carried in our bodies and takes our resources and our energy to kind of hold it back. Because if we're not dealing with it, it's not leaving us. So we're just using more energy to hold these things back, which makes us more tired, um, further negatively impacts our motivation, our will, our drive... um, desire. It puts us on edge. You know, we might be emotionally charged or at our limits, just like ready to kind of explode or break down um, at any moment. If you notice that your response to things that normally, you know, wouldn't really phase you, but your responses are becoming very emotionally charged or explosive or really sad and emotional, you know, something's going on. These are all signs that something's going on. And again, this starts very subtly, so we don't often recognize it in the beginning. But if you're experiencing new stress, these are these these are basically the big indicator of hey, we need to tread cautiously and and mindfully and maybe turn our attention inward and take care of ourselves a little bit more when you're experiencing new stress or intense stress and you're responding to it in a I'll get through it, I'll grin and bear it, I can handle it kind of way in a almost avoidant denial Um, non-confrontational kind of way you don't want to touch it you're just going to do what you need to do until it goes away that's not, it's, it's very common I've lived it myself, I still struggle um, to not respond this way when I'm overwhelmed enough and so if you're there with me I mean I feel you and you understand exactly what I'm talking about and then when when you do, if you're anything like me, when you do realize you're you're stuck in this funk, it's like you're really you're really at this funk. Like this is when you're kind of on the edge. You're you're in conflict with with the people that you love. You're um, you can be very me focused, and and this might not be obvious unless you really look at your responses to other people. But what I mean by being me focused is, say your partner is upset, or there's, you know, unpleasant energy at work or like other people are going through things and you perceive whatever they're going through as related to or connected to you. That's what I mean by being me focused. I'll give you a perfect example. Um, This week has been a challenging week for both me and my partner and he would display, you know, some frustration and some anger and despite repeated assurances that I was not the source or the cause or the trigger for that anger, I kept taking that anger personally. I kept internalizing it. I kept questioning why or how I might be part of the part of the, the reason. that's what I mean by um, becoming me-focused. And and not every, if you don't do that, I mean, you don't do that. I mean, we're all our own individuals with our own responses shaped over, you know, our, our unique life experience. But I know I'm not the only one. Um, and so for those of you who feel me, um, who can relate to this you know this sad spiral, this stressy, depressy, negative cyclical experience, um, this funk that you can fall into and and then it's like this monumental battle to to climb out of it. Um, that's what I'm talking about, and I just want to give you. Some strategies to interrupt this cycle when you find yourself in it. Some strategies to interrupt it, how to get out of it, how to prevent it, and, and just some final kind of parting insight that this is a journey this takes practice. This, if you find yourself with an experience like this, a recurring kind of funk that can kind of come onto you when you start to get really stressed out, um, it's related to a response that your body knows and relies on very well, and it takes time to override that and as the host of this podcast and the life coach and the leader of the overwhelmed nurse community all the resources that i give and all the things that i talk about i mean i know what i'm talking about because i live it every single day but even still i am i have by no means mastered overcoming my own responses that lead me down the same sad spiral so I say that because patience, self-compassion, um, a little grace, some self-love, um, just meeting yourself where you are is so important and and, and trying not to, to contribute to the already negative mindset and emotions and situation by beating yourself up or by feeling guilty or by tearing yourself down. Um, based on your response, based on, you know, your inability to just snap out of it and your frustration with with how you're feeling. Because these kinds, you know, you, you get far enough into this spiral and you can just feel crazy or just on edge all the time and it sucks. I mean, it really sucks. So, I mean, I've spent the last, you know, 10 minutes... Talking about what this looks like, and kind of some indicators, how you can identify it the the really the the earliest indicators or idea or warning sign to look out for this would be new stress or an increase in stress that you feel and you're aware of um, and that you're kind of avoiding like you're avoiding its impact on you and you're just trying to power through it. And then when it comes, you know, just not being right, just not being yourself, just just not being well, emotionally well, being spread too thin. Um, these are indicators that something's not right. That's, that's normally how I feel, like something's not right. I very rarely can express what's wrong, you know. Immediately, it's difficult to communicate, it's very frustrating because I can't explain it. Um, These are signs that you're in this place and that you know something needs to give. So, what needs to give? How do we interrupt this? Well, the first step my first step, this is always my first step is awareness. We have to bring the root problem, we have to bring the source, we have to bring the trigger. Into our awareness we have to do some self exploration we have to ask some questions we have to dive in and process through and figure out how we feel why we feel that way and then we have to feel it that that's the only way to get through this if you find yourself, you know, if if you are an unfortunate victim of the sad spiral, then you probably aren't well-practiced in self-reflection and observing your thoughts and and consistently checking in with your feelings and the thoughts that they're coming from. And, you know, you just might, you might not do this very much. And so it's, if you're new to the to these skills if you're if you're new to these skills they don't come naturally unfortunately and they don't come easily and they don't instantly feel good and the this process doesn't instantly feel good or instantly get better um, it's kind of uncomfortable it is i mean it it we're growing this is this is how we grow when we examine our responses and our behaviors, and we decide that we don't like the outcomes that those behaviors or thoughts or feelings or beliefs or actions are, are contributing to, and so we have to commit to another way that's growing, and, and growth is uncomfortable. So the inclination is to, not, is to not touch it. That's how we end up in this situation in the first place. But we, we have to go there. We really need to go there. And we have to have patience with ourselves because it may not be easy to identify what the issue is. And so, you know, when you ask yourself, what's wrong? And you think, well, I honestly, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong. Try not to get frustrated. Just send yourself a little love and say, okay, it's okay, you're frustrated or you're angry or you're sad or you're stressed. Okay, that's okay. We don't know why right now, but we know what it is. Like, just meet yourself where you are. Um, Sometimes the better question as opposed to what's wrong or why am I like this or why am I acting this way? Sometimes the better first question is, How do I feel right now? Name the emotion. If you can start with the emotion, all emotions are triggered by thoughts. So, okay, what am I thinking to make me feel this way? Another question that really helps me articulate and get to the bottom of what's going wrong, and it's one that I use when working through issues with my partner, is what story are you telling yourself? Like, what story are you believing that's evoking or triggering this anger or this sadness or this insecurity or, um, you know, whatever? What's the story behind the feelings? And if it's not coming to you immediately, that's okay. Take a break, revisit. You have to revisit because remember we have to deal with it. And you can also get it out of your head. That can be a really effective way to view your, the way you feel and your thoughts and your situation more objectively is instead of just like talking to yourself in your head about it and going around and around in circles. Um, because our mind is a very fear-based, fear-driven, irrational space, okay? So the more that we can pull our thoughts out of our mind, the more objective that we can be about them. So journal. Write it out. Pull out your phone and record a voice memo. Just talk into it and then play it back and listen to yourself, That's super effective for auditory processors or people who need to hear themselves talk or to hear or to talk things through, but you might not feel comfortable just yet talking to someone about whatever you're, about whatever you're experiencing. Talk it into a voice note. Um, Or do some kind of activity. I like to um, do some kind of activity that requires my hands, and also my concentration. This might be playing a video game. This might be art. Drawing, painting, putting a puzzle together. It might be taking a walk, jumping rope. Basically, an activity that requires your some of your focus and and it, it's like taking some f- some of the attention that's going all into one area of the brain and it's spreading it out it's it's turning other areas of the brain on it's it's generating additional kind of activity tasks roles things to pay attention to what I have found when using this kind of kinesthetic strategy to um exploring how I feel, processing how I feel, getting to the bottom of things, is it allows, like there's no energy dedicated to the noise. Do you know what I'm talking about? When you're trying to either make a decision or think through something, you just keep going around and around in circles or down all these different rabbit holes and you're basically not getting anywhere because of all the noise, all the extraneous, non-important, probably irrational, and maybe even impossible possibilities that you just keep pursuing in your mind. If you can draw or journal or um, play the guitar, play an instrument, play the piano, um, take a walk while you're thinking, basically engage other areas of the brain, force your mind to spend that like some of that energy doing something purposeful it reduces the noise it reduces the rabbit holes it reduces the nonsensical loops and you can think with more clarity and and more more easily get to the bottom or get to the root or get to the gist get to the 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 um the center of the issue the meat of the issue if you will that's that's been very helpful for me um and then once so this awareness step even though it's the first step this takes time it's not like you think what's wrong oh this is what's wrong and you're done this might take several days this might take several weeks this could take several years depending on whatever kind of pain or trauma or experience or situation or circumstance that is causing you you know grief or stress or trouble um so even though that's, that's my first step in terms of importance of getting through this, um, you kind of start, you start step two at the same time. Um, once you start asking the questions, then, then you go straight onto step two. You don't just wait to figure it out before you do step two, um, because that's not helpful. Actually, Step two, and then I have a third step. These, these will support you in getting to the bottom of of how you came to be in this sad spiral in the first place. So, So the next thing that's super important once you start asking the questions is what will help you? What will make you feel better? What is... An interest, a hobby, an activity, an exercise, um, music. What is something that reliably and consistently turns your mood around? Just get it into your brain. Now, when we find ourselves in the sad spiral, we don't have the time, we don't have the energy, we don't have the motivation to do these things, but... all right, just drinking some water. We don't have, um, you know, everything feels like it takes too much, too much effort to, we don't have the energy to do those things. Like for me and my yoga, when I fall out of my yoga, like I know it's going to feel amazing and I don't have to choose something physically very challenging or that even lasts a very long time, but I just won't do it. I just Instantly default to no. I just can't. I just don't have what I what I need, the energy or whatever, to to bring myself to do that. The problem here is you, we have to. Like even I know that's how you're thinking, and this is almost like this this kind of cyclical, almost learned helplessness that we fall into with this sad spiral. Um, I understand it. I l- I have lived it over and over again. I was just there last week. Um, I totally get it. But there is only one way out of this and that is feeling better. You ha- when you start to view your coping strategies or the things that make you feel good as too much effort and you won't do them. It is crucial and and necessary, absolutely necessary to chunk it down to like the most reasonable step or action that you can possibly think of and just do it because at when you find yourself at this point you have got to convince your brain that that activity is worth the investment of your time and energy because it's telling you that it's not. So you have to feel it. You have to do it and you have to feel the positive impact and you have to provide that evidence to your brain and to your body in order to start to make progress and kind of digging your way out of this spiral. So how do you do that? Well, identify what always what reliably what consistently makes you feel good um for me for example it's yoga right but I can't do a 30 to 45 minute video you know I can't bring myself to find one on YouTube and to scroll and whatever like I just can't I don't have the energy okay well maybe instead of my normal process of choosing my yoga practice for the day, maybe I just do five minutes of stretching, just freestyle, just on my own. I just stretch what feels like it needs to be stretched. Maybe that's my first step. If you're used to running two miles and that feels absolutely impossible, Maybe your first step is to walk around your yard or walk up and down your driveway or walk up up and down your street. This is what I mean by breaking the activity down into a step that is like, okay, I can do that. That doesn't feel too hard. That doesn't feel too bad. That, That feels reasonable. I still might not be excited about it. I still might not feel very motivated to do it, but I will survive that. I can make myself endure that, right? That's what we're looking for. Whatever that step looks like for you, it doesn't matter how small, you just have to identify the step, okay? And then once you've identified the step, you know, once you you decide on the step, okay, I'm making a decision, I'm going to walk up and down my driveway five times, that's what I'm going to do. Like you have to commit to it and then you have to act on it. And so a, a really useful tool is to count backwards from five and then act. Five, four, three, two, one, and then launch. Launch into action. Do what you committed to do. When you count backwards, you are forcing the fear and so you know when you're when you're really sad when you're really stressed when you're really overwhelmed when you're when you're experiencing you know this sad spiral you're kind of stuck in your amygdala you're kind of stuck in the fear and emotion center in your brain this um kind of primitive uh or or very early um part of the human brain early in development. It came first, basically, um, or came early. Uh, counting backwards from five requires the activation of your prefrontal prefrontal cortex, which is responsible for all your higher cognitive functions. Integration, um, critical thinking, creative problem solving, uh, all of that takes place in your prefrontal cortex. So you're activating that practical rational critical thinking center of your brain getting out of your fear center or at least reducing the activity in your fear center so basically you've given yourself the perfect window of opportunity to commit to that step to commit to that action that will make you feel better Um, and you have to you just have to do it you can't be like oh i'll count backwards again no you commit i'm going to count backwards and when i get to one i'm going to launch into my action and that is a simple but effective way to interrupt this cycle, to to do something that feels good, to give your brain and your body the positive reinforcement, to do it again, to do it longer, to do it differently, to reestablish those good self-care routines that will help lift you out of you know this low place that you found yourself in this is useful if you're experiencing grief you know grief isn't isn't quite what I mean by the sad spiral (laughs) but it's a it's it's still an emotional process that we can get trapped in and this is an effective um tool for 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 managing that as well So that's how we interrupt it. It doesn't matter at what point you realize or how far into this this kind of emotional slump that you've that you've identified yourself. You can do this at any time, but the goal is really to prevent us from getting here, right? The goal is is to not be so far into this Funk that we have to claw our way and exert this tremendous effort to pull ourselves back out of it. And so that requires um, bringing this idea of awareness, of self-reflection, of exploration, um, but really making a consistent practice out of this. It, it allows you to check in... And identify when you're not when you're not okay. You might not be awful, you might just be eh, you know, but but it's important to recognize the eh phase, the meh phase, the meh, could be could be worse, could be better phase, because that always comes before the you know depressy phase, right? Um so A really effective tool that you can use to prevent yourself from waking up one day and you're like full blown on the struggle bus is to start doing a daily check in. This will take you less than five minutes. You can journal it, you can record it in a voice note, you can think about it in your head, you can talk about it with an accountability buddy. Um, Regardless of how you do it, all it requires is just a couple of minutes of your attention and it's just asking yourself how do I feel today how does how I feel today compare to my best to feeling my best you might even rate it you know when I am at when I am feeling my best imagine that I feel like this on a scale of one to five or on a scale of one to ten How close am I to feeling my best today? Where am I on that spectrum? And then once you've identified how you're doing today, ask yourself okay, well, what needs love right now? What needs attention in order to make me feel better? How can I give it the love it needs? That 's it, just checking in. how am I feeling right now? and okay, if i 'm not feeling my best, what what needs love, what needs attention? What do I need to do to feel closer to my best? You do that every day, you can do it in the morning, you can do it at night, and I promise you if you can if you can make that a daily practice, you will only what what might be you know a frequent or a common or or just an even if it's not frequent it still happens an an undesirable amount it's it'll this will prevent any kind of consistent sad spiral downfall if you will it it really will because you're being more mindful and you're practicing this awareness and you're practicing this reflection. You're exercising this muscle. So it makes avoiding or interrupting the spiral so much easier. You do it so much more quickly. Um, it just comes so much more naturally to you. It's, it takes much less effort and as a result, you're going to be so much more well. And, and more effective um, at stress management, and at, and at coping with stress as a result. Well, that's all I got for you, friends. I hope you find that helpful. I um, hope that you're not currently in your own sad spiral. I, uh, I was overwhelmed by the stress in my life last week, and it just it happens even when you know how to handle it it happens it sneaks up on you we um get caught up in fulfilling obligations and taking care of our loved ones and before we know it we have neglected ourselves and we have some uh work to do to recover from that so i hope you found this helpful and give it a shot definitely uh check out or or play around with that that strategy for preventing this, that daily check-in that I uh, mentioned for you, and tell me how it goes. I would love to hear from you. Take care. Thank you so much for listening. If you found value in this episode, share it with your friends. And I want to tell you before I go about this really neat new resource, if you will, that I've brought to my Facebook group, The Overwhelmed Nurse. I have given it a corny little hashtag, hashtag support squad. It's basically... Um, A challenge uh, and there will be obviously more in the future but um, it's a challenge that anyone in the group can participate in all the resources are given to the group anyway but you can intentionally commit like I want to be held accountable to this challenge and um, so you get the support from me you get accountability from me and from anyone else participating Uh, I'm giving specific coaching every single day throughout the challenge around the goal Um, it's new and it's exciting and I think it's going to be really cool this first support squad challenge is on establishing a daily routine and I'm giving some extra emphasis on a meditation routine or a yoga routine and this will be um, ongoing for two weeks so by the end of two weeks you anyone participating will have successfully um implemented a daily routine and be equipped with the tools they need to keep it consistent to keep their motivation to overcome the time and the energy and the motivation obstacles that generally stand in our way when we want to implement a new habit or lifestyle change or daily practice this um, I call this developing tapas tapas is a Sanskrit word um, that means discipline, and it's, it's a pillar, it's a fundamental leg of the coaching that I do, the one-on-one coaching that I do, um, is, is how and what is needed to develop the discipline to overcome the obstacles that you face to your own self-care, to consistent, good, good self-care habits, um, so if that is intriguing to you, definitely check us out on Facebook, The Overwhelmed Nurse. And for more information on my one-on-one coaching, check out my website, robinsmithcoaching.com. Take care.